Welcome to Color Me Happy. My name is Brandi Hofer. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate your time. Uh, it is 3.54, so we'll see if I can get this intro in without shit hitting the fan in my home with everyone here. Um, if anyone has children, you know 4 o'clock is like witching hour. Uh, so you can fully understand this, the scale of having two minutes of free time. Uh, so this episode, we meet with C from Live, Learn, Dream. Uh, she is so amazing and so inspiring, and uh, she went for it with her new business, and we chat about um, her journey to get there, and it is it turned out to be a very special episode, and um, it actually triggered some strong emotions, and, and it... <laughs> I, I barely can focus here. <laughs> um, but the gravity of the whole conversation was so special. Uh, we're looking forward to 2022. Welcome, everyone. It is, it is, see, I told you, couldn't even get to. <laughs> here they come. Um, yeah, I have some, we have some really exciting projects uh, that I will announce. Um, one of them is, that's so beautiful. Let's do that. Um, one of them being Like a Mother, which is our partnership uh, with I Like Your Work podcast with Erica B. Hess. We are doing a call for art. And you can apply at brandyhofer.ca. You can go under BHA Gallery. Um, several, or some of the proceeds, a portion of the proceeds. There we go. That's the right sentence. The portion of the proceeds is going to our local sexual assault services along with the apparel sales. So check that out. We're so proud of everything we're doing and all the exhibitions are very special. Um, if you'd like to be a part of it, if you'd like to donate through us to the sexual assault services, feel free to reach out or if you have any questions about applying, you can reach out as well. And like I said, big special year upcoming. Still got some secrets that I can't share maybe in a month or so. So thank you guys for being here and oh, kisses. Thank you, Teddy. Do you got something to say? Yeah. I'm down there. You're down here? You snuggling up? I'm just hiding? You guys are having so much fun. Um, yeah, we enjoy this this episode and this is clearly all the time that I have. I have a um, little teddy bear in my lap um, and he is he has been down here the whole time I've been trying to get my two free minutes. Okay, enjoy this episode. Okay, yeah. welcome. Bye. I'm so excited that you're here today and and like over the moon because I really look up to your journey and as a female entrepreneur and CEO of your, your own business. And like there is just so like everything you put out, I really connect with and it makes me want to grow as a person and, and of course um a female business owner myself so thank you welcome C from live learn dream and i really when we first started talking today i really connected actually with what live learn dream means um you constantly you know reach out and connect with people and you're always teaching while you're kind of leveling up and scaling your own business but you're also you know lifting others up along the way which is oh that is really that's great feedback (laughs) thank you (laughs) 
No, I mean, like live, live is mean to live in the present. Learn means to learn at any time. You're a student of life. Um, so, you know, it doesn't mean that just because you ended your education, maybe you got a bachelor's degree, maybe not, you know, maybe like there's so much to learn in life and it's not, you know, defined by society and, you know, it's okay. Age doesn't matter. You know, you're, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that you got to be open to learn anything and be a sponge, um, regardless, even if you're a master in the expert too like i learn things every single day um and to dream is not a you know um i like to talk about it how it, it's not something that's vague it's something that's not that's just a fantasy it's something for you to be able to be curious about you know what what kind of new life you want to have you know what do you want to what, what's your ambition you know um and what do you want to achieve and it's okay to talk about it it's okay to you know realize it too um and it's not something that's impossible you know everyone's impossible is their custom impossible box um and we're, we're always in the middle of our own impossible level and it's really hard because you know people judge their dream with someone else's dream or you know maybe like through instagram or whatever it may be um so sometimes your dream can be actually influenced by a lot of other people so it's really understanding who you are and really understanding that you know dreams are really important to lift you up and transcend transcend yourself to the next level exactly um i read something the other day actually on instagram it's the inspired to write woman and she said jealousy is not a bad thing jealousy is just a way of life telling you that that's something you might like that's some somewhere where you might like to be um so let's stop treating jealous like such a bad word you know yes like, that's strong like this person showed you the way to get there and and you know and i personally think you know reach out to that person a lot of people are really nice and they'll take the time to message you back and if they don't whatever <laughs> but yeah. you know it's just it's just that kind of you have to overcome that fear right um, yeah it's definitely that there's a lot of fear like on the daily and it's just how we like process it and we get better over time how we react to it right <laughs> exactly I, I haven't written it today, but I have a little community and I um, wanted to write specifically about this topic today is to take the days when you're brave, you know, because everyone has an up day and a down day and take the days where you're kind of like having that extra energy and that extra momentum and just do all your brave things that day, like as quick as you can. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like take advantage of how you feel because tomorrow might be gone. So do all the things that like fit it all in. Um, and, you know, it only takes a few seconds of bravery to really like message mm. that person or, you know, and it's gotten to the point where I forget how many people I've reached out to and messaged and like, especially with artists and like galleries and all that. I kind of forget all the things I've applied for. So when I get a yes, it's like a special surprise because you're like, I don't know if I did that. Well, you've planted the seed, right? And I think that's that goes very alongside with marketing in general is mm -hmm. that a lot of um, entrepreneurs, um, you know, we're in this world, in this generation of instant gratification. Um, you know, everything that we're on teaches us and trains us to have instant gratification. So when there's the gap in um, the marketing industry, 
industry and, you know, new small business owners and startup owners and such, it's very much, they think, you know, okay, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to just get it out there. And it's just, it's going to go viral right away or like, oh my God, I only have 20 likes. What the heck is going on? And really, you know, it, it's not like that at all. It's a, you have to completely reframe it in a different way. And that reframing is anything to do with marketing. You're putting yourself out there for someone to find you, you know, yeah. and if you haven't gathered, you know, that strong, um, presence, it's really hard for someone to find you. Everything that we do, you know, through digital and technology, everything is by search. So whether that's searching on Instagram, you know, for an artist, you know, an oil painter or, you know, whatever it is, you know, or, you know, let's say a gallery, like that's how people find each other online. You know, it, it's not like this magical world, which we're probably going to get to into like VR and stuff, you know, in the future. But like, I know, you know like, we're just walking around lunch, like Sims. I'm not sure what he's talking about, but I'm sure we'll find out soon and be like, okay. Um, you know, and yeah, then you plant the seed. Yeah. Yeah. And then six months later, it could be nine months later, it could be a year or something like that. Your effort will come into fruition. You just might yeah. not see it immediately. Um, and, and it can really get to you and it can really um you, you can completely go in, in a really deep hole. Um, but what I would love to, you know, tell your audience is that you know, it's very normal to be planning something up to a year um, mm. and then releasing something and really not seeing the results until six to 12 months later. And so like, if you get a call from a gallery, you know, um, a curator or, you know, a collector or something like that, they, they have their other things happening too. You know, the, the world does not surround, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, but when yeah. they're in need, they need something, right? And like, let's say three months ago, they're like, oh, crap, I need a present, you know, I need a present that, you know, is, I don't know about a dog or something like that, and you know, whatever, you know, and then like, they're like, you're the first person that comes to mind kind of thing. So that's, it's, maybe it's you when didn't people even, need this it. This is the way kind of marketing works. Um, maybe you didn't come to their mind, but you made a post about something else and it reminded them that they wanted yes. that gift from, so I, I know you will feel strongly about this, but like consistency is key and it doesn't have yes. to be exactly like buy this but tell a story and put a thing and all the different ways and it's just a constant you know picking up momentum sending reminders and people will be like oh right yeah actually i do need a mural or exactly I do need if, or i did want that and you just you just never know and yeah for artists like it'd be ideal if you put out a collection of work and it's sold but that like doesn't happen for 95 percent of artists like that's an unrealistic expectation totally and i think for artists too it's you know um i do think like you know when you see a lot of the posts that's just like buy this or buy this or you know a reminder of their piece and stuff like that i think taking the step back as a create creator and um try to frame it as from a user's perspective so everyone is a user. I'm a user. You're a user. How do we use Instagram, right? We don't just look at that one post. We binge. We go to someone's profile and binge their shit. Yeah. <laughs> Are we allowed yeah. to swear here? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we go through things, you know, it's not like we're just looking at one piece of content. And we're like, all right, let's go. You know, um, there's a little bit more to that. So I think telling your story, 
you know, showing who you are as a person. Um, so they know that you're real. <laughs> um, and also you, you can show your subject matter expertise through many different ways, not just through the art, but through the process, right? And so mm. someone can really fall in love with how you do things or your values or, you know, um, the reasons why you do something or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, you might think like, oh, well, that's just my everyday life or like, that's not, that's not fun or, you know, that's not interesting because you might think you're not interesting. <laughs> but like, but, but from the user's perspective, you know, they do see that interesting. And there's a lot of various reasons why someone's going to want to buy from you. It's not just, oh, here's the output, you know, that's very cold, yeah. you know, and it goes back to the one on one sales, you know, um, class, I guess, of, you know, you don't just scream, buy this, buy this, buy this, you know, unless you're selling fruits and you're in the market. I mean, <laughs> that might work. But yeah, like, you, you know, an apple necessarily, but yeah, no, yeah I, we, I we're doing a lot more than that. People want to connect with you. They want to hear. And I hear that all the time. Like I'll post some weird video of my kids pushing themselves down the stairs with a mattress and people are like, I love this. And it's just like, it has nothing to do with my business, you know, but they really do want to know that they're, you're a human just like them. And, you know, that's why we're there is to socially connect to other humans. We're not just there to shop. This is, especially in the last few years, the only way we have been able mm -hmm. to connect, you know. So that's really great advice. And yes, you're allowed to swear as much as you want. I drop bombs all the time on here. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I want to talk because uh, you could probably talk marketing for like five hours straight. <laughs> um, but I really want to hear about your journey because it's so inspiring and it's it's so meaningful. And that's why actually I connected so strongly with you and your brand. And um, not only do I think you're extremely talented, and uh, like I've seen a lot of the things you did but um can we start from like childhood i want to hear your story like um your journey yeah. from you know because yeah i've read about it but i want you to share it of course i would love to so i um so my name is c and i am half korean half chinese born and raised in michigan um i'm the third child. Um, I am not your academic badass. I'm not your stereotypical Asian. Um, that's my sister. <laughs> so they're like the complete academic heroes, you know, A plus for everything, Gates Millennium Scholarship, the whole lot. Um, I went to University of Michigan. Um, I worked all my childhood. My dad has a carryout, a Chinese carryout restaurant. So um, he still is at it to this day um, at 76 years old. And oh that's just God. how I yeah, he, he's wow. not going to stop. He doesn't know anything else. And he's and I think the lesson I've learned from him, honestly, is understanding from an from an immigrant family um, and from an immigrant point of view that keep like to work all the time isn't necessary. Like if you frame it a little bit differently, he just wants to keep things the same. It's not anything about more materialism or, you know, wanting to do all this grand stuff or buying all this shit and stuff like that. It's nothing about that at all. It's about keeping the same quality of life um, that he is happy with, that he can be content with and everything. And he knows that if he stops working, then he wouldn't be able to, you know, 
you know, maybe get the same groceries, for example, you know, with my mom, you know, to to cook the food that they want to eat and stuff like that. So it's just things like that. But um, growing up, I have two older sisters, and it was really hard because, you know, they're five years and seven and a half years older than me. So um, really, I felt like a (laughs) I felt like um, I didn't feel like I had sisters growing up is the best way to put it. Like, I really felt like I was alone. You know, I, I after school, I would come home, they weren't there, you know, they were out waitressing, they were out trying to meet ends, you know, um, they were studying and everything or doing whatever they're doing. And um, I, I just didn't feel like I was there. So anyways, you know, as I was growing up, I was like, well, I got to do something because I suck at academics. <laughs> and when I mean suck, I don't mean like, yes, I know, like everyone has their standard and expectations and range. Yeah. I so I, too, so I'm just totally I, I guess I can say I'm an average. I just wasn't above average. So, but mm-hmm. I knew that I wasn't able to go and get submitted into a really prestigious university without something else. So I actually took it upon myself to um, apply for a full ride scholarship to Japan through a scholarship program, um, an exchange program called YFU, U for understanding. And surprisingly, I was accepted. Um, So I went off to thank you. And it was a change program and everything. And so I learned how to speak Japanese. Um, I learned how to write and everything. I don't know anything to this day. I like remember some words and stuff like that. I'm not proficient whatsoever today. Um, But, uh, but that was a really important time for me, because it gave me the life experience. Um, Even though I'm Asian, it wasn't like, I was still a foreigner there, because I couldn't speak Japanese completely. I looked different. They couldn't, like, because I'm half two, you can't really tell what I am. (laughs) So like, even from an Asian point, they're like, who are you? What are you? Um, So like, I had a lot of that. I had a mixed identity crisis, basically. So, Mm. um, so that happened. And, and because I studied abroad, I was actually able to get into University of Michigan through a bridge program. So I basically wasn't even allowed to really go inside because, um, and be admitted because how low my GPA was. And my GPA was like, I think maybe like three, three point, um, seven, maybe, I don't know, it was something like that. I don't know, like 3.6, I don't know, 3.4 to 3.7. I don't know. And so it it wasn't, it wasn't like failing, but like, still, it wasn't enough to just pass through, you know, to get into the university. So anyways, um, going through that, I got into U of M. And then I was like, you know, doing communications and Asian studies. And that's how I was starting to understand about journalism and just like, which dabbled into marketing a little bit. And then I actually studied abroad in, um, Sydney. I was like, okay, well, I'm in college and I know that I need more life experience because that's what I'm best in is applying myself. So even though I may, in my terms, felt like I was a bad student, I was actually a really great student in other ways. I just learned differently. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm more of a visual person. Um, I am someone who, if you show me something, I will not only understand it immediately, but I can take it to the next level. And so to me, that was my superpower. And I, I di- identified that early on if I didn't identify that early on I don't know if I would be where I am today because I still use those that (laughs) um like skill set you know that we have internally um so 
Anyway, so going through that, studied abroad in Australia, Sydney, Australia, um, at the University of New South Wales, did some business stuff there. And it was great. It was really, it, it opened my eyes to a lot of things. Then I popped back to uh, Michigan at University of Michigan. I graduated early. So I graduated like maybe three, three and a half years or something. And um, I popped right back to Australia. And then I um, hooked up with a recruiter for the ad agency, like, industry kind of thing and went through an interview and boom i i just said all the right words i guess and i just showed the passion it's all luck you know like if you think about it like at that stage you know when you're you're not in the industry yet you don't have a resume yet they're just like looking at you as a person you know are you going to be willing to do things are you going to be willing to you know do you look like you're 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 clicked you're on right because if you're uh-huh. looking like you're like in space and stuff like that they're gonna like i don't want like how am i supposed to tell you to do something right so, <laughs> this interview, then i don't know what we're gonna do with you right yeah. <laughs> yeah and so like you know that was a really big lesson and that's how i got into the ad industry and then what i learned though is while working on microsoft all the big brands coca-cola like every single global brand really you can think of i really touched on and that was really amazing how i learned a, a lot about being a woman and being as a um, a minority as well, it was a little bit challenging. But I think because I was in the situation of an environment of being in Australia, which is very international, it's very much they really hone in this work and life balance. So you people go surfing in the morning and then they'll come right through the you know, doors, you know, oh, they take a shower, you know. Yeah. So I I think I had the privilege, honestly, that I didn't know I had that privilege at that time to be in that such safe environment. Now, you know, I I was in Sydney for a long time. I I climbed up the ladder really quickly from project management is my core discipline to UX design to then production to business transformation and operations. Like it was just a whole suite of stuff. And then, you know, so that's why I was able to get my jack of all trades, but mastering it in so many different levels with different experiences um, through my portfolio. But then when I moved back to America um, and I was in Texas, that's when everything went like that's when I thought the earth was like, like, it was like doomsday every day. And so what I mean by that, yeah. Um, what I mean by that is I went into ad agencies and such, and you know, in Texas and I thought, you know, Austin, Austin, Texas being, you know, the best, um, the, the most liberal, I guess, city down there. And, and it's supposed to be the next and up and coming Silicon Valley is, is, so I, I fell in their trap, you know, of, okay, this is like with really smart people. I wanted to have a mix of like my Michigan background of like being a suburban area, you know, having a little bit more space, but it was a bit cheaper too. Um, and you know, I wanted the weather where, you know, it wasn't snowing and stuff like that and didn't have the Arctic wind, you know, like killing me. So the most perfect place ever and there's not a lot of traffic like LA and then New York is like, you know, um, I got really spoiled in Australia and Sydney because like their, their public transportation is on point. It's very clean. Tax money goes into the, like four people. <laughs> so, but you know, New York City, the subway and everything is still a bit grimy and stuff. Right. So it, it's, I was just like, I don't, I, I'm not in that life anymore. I'm not in my twenties. Like, okay, let's, let's go from here. So, um, so anyway, so back in, in Texas, I, I was hit with many 
uh, all the discrimination, all the isms you can think of, um, ageism, sexism, um, and it was just it was just really rough. Racism. Um, there was HR um, situations too that you know the HR got had my back, but I I I was like, why the hell did I even have to go through this? Um, mm -hmm. I, I was just so shocked, like culture shock. Even though I was born and raised in Michigan, my whole entire career you know really started in Australia, um, and so the culture shock of being in a adult, you know, and working in Adland, I had certain expectations because I worked with on an international level with global brands. Um, but, you know, these folks weren't didn't have that experience um, and the organizations didn't have that experience either. And so that was really tough. Um, it broke me down mentally. I, I would it, there was a lot of passive aggressiveness. There is a lot of um, it wasn't about, you know, like, there's always going to be confrontations and fights and arguments and discussions, of course, in any organization or any industry. But to me, that wasn't the problem. The problem was, is I, I want to fight about the work, the work on the on the table, not about people, not about who brought the idea to the table. And like, that's just like, that's like a waste of time. You know, like, 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 yeah. So like, let's, you know, let's talk about the different colors, but not about, you know, like, yeah. so, so it was just really wild. Yeah, work, right? yeah. Like the technique, you know, or, you know, just like the professional level. And then, so it was a big culture shock. And, um, so, I'm in Seattle right now. Um, we we moved and we felt like we dodged a massive bullet, not just from the professional level, but um, with with everything that's going on as a reflection of the country. And now looking back, even the past four months, holy crap! I think I dodged like seven seven major bullets, to be quite honest. And one could be literal too. So it was. Um, so now I'm in a better place. But when I was in Adland, I, I was making a lot of money. Like I was making, you know, the six figures. I was making, you know, all the good stuff. But the mental toll and the emotional um, destruction and trauma that didn't need to even happen, um, that's what scared me the most. And I was like, what is even happening? You know, like, and then I realized I was a token Asian there, <laughs> one. <laughs> I was also very young in comparison to other people. So when I was putting an idea in the boardroom, it wasn't like someone else wanted to say it instead of me, or they couldn't hear it, even though I had a paper as black and white. It, they, they wanted to basically discard it and put it under the rug. And it was saving networks and people instead of the product and the service and the business and the clients that they were serving. And to me, that went completely against my values. So so when understanding that I then was questioning about myself about like, what the hell am I doing here? Is it for the money? Is it because I'm comfortable with this? Is this the only thing I, I know what to do or how, what, like, I was like, what the hell is going on? And so when in a nine to five era, um, for me, it was very much, is this it? Is this it? You know, is this the toxic cycle I have to do forever? Like, and I am now at a senior level, but I've seen when you go, you know, and I was, you know, given a like um, a director level position um, and I declined actually because I, I knew what would happen with directors when shit hits the fan, they're scapegoats. So mm -hmm. and if you're a woman or someone of color, you're usually the first to be you know, and so it was just very difficult. So I already foresaw that or could see where it could go if a event were to happen.
And so there, there's all these things I had to think about, almost like when you're a woman, you're walking down the street at night and you're like, oh, well, if this happens, that happens. It, 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 like, why do we even have to think of that shit, right? In the first place. Yeah. So, Oops. you know, yeah. so to someone else who might not be in the shoes of, you know, people like us, they, they might even think of this conversation as like, well, that's just like you're overthinking or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I actually, it's hard to, it's hard to imagine something when you've, when you've never had to, when you can't relate to it, when you've never had to experience something similar, it it is hard to connect and relate. So, um, but it, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen or that it didn't happen over and over and over again, or many, many, other people and i said to my partner um the other day when i was talking about your journey and i said i'm so excited about c's message and people hearing it because i know that'll be so meaningful because i bet you everyone can count the what's more than their hands like for females in general an experience that they've had in the workplace, like we've all had them. And yeah. um, it it doesn't need to be that way and it shouldn't be that way. But the more we talk about it, the more we move forward and can say normalize that it. Yes. And um, these are our expectations in a workplace. This is where we just want to, we just want to be equal. Right. <laughs> that, that's like forward. the yeah that's it you know and if we've done something wrong because on a professional level or didn't deliver whatever that's like completely something else and that's what we should be you know that that's what the performance review should really be um so taking other people's jobs because we're a female or minority we're just asking for equal equal opportunities and equal treatment in a workplace and i don't know the stats in the u.s but i was i had my friend um Jill on, she's CEO of her own company, um, Red Bicycle Communications, and she started it from scratch. And she's like, it's still 16% in Canada yeah. are female business owners. It, that's a startling statistic. Like, Correct. so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're just asking for 50. That's just, you know, equal. Yeah. And, you know, as much as there's more voices as well coming out to say, you know, as a small business owner or whatever it may be. So it may seem like things have really skyrocketed and everything, but it's not really the case. And I think that's something that is really hard and we need journalists. Uh, we need the media to help us to to showcase, you know, what is the real situation versus what feels loud on Twitter, on Instagram or whatever. They're like, well, there's so many of them now, you know, and, and it's like, no, not necessarily. So I think that's a really good point. And I think that that should really be the hope and motivation for, you know, a lot of women business owners to not give up. And um, a lot of people give up. You know, and I, and I know why. (laughs) Yeah, it's really hard, you know? I feel very uh, tired every day, you know? And I'm sure you do too, like, because you're just, like, what the world is asking of us um, and that the pressure we're putting on ourselves is just so, so much more, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like. But I don't want to give it up, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I think it's yeah. hard. It's definitely hard. And, you know, even our resources are very limited. And I think, you know, the communities that like even, you know, the one that you have and everything, this is really the magic sauce. Like this is the starting point, you know what I mean? And this is where, um, you know, we need to do more of and we need to really connect. And, you know, I, I wish it could be connected more in a more mainstream way, to be honest, but we're just not there yet. And that's the reality of it. And I think, you know, we're really doing the best we can and things can't change overnight, just like marketing output. <laughs> Yeah, not overnight. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like give yourself the grace, forgive yourself, be kind to yourself. Just know that, you know, if you feel really deep in your gut to um, keep on going, like then just do it. And and I think, you know, with my the advertising experience I had in Texas, you know, near my end of nine to five, I felt like I had nowhere to go. You know, um, I did apply to a tech job because I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll move from Adland and in-house specifically in tech. Um, and I, I got a job offer, um, you know, and it was just something that I had to really ask myself, is this something that I really want to do? You know, like, okay, cool security, whatever. But like, I think the creative um, juices in me was just I saying like, creative. you're gonna wanna freaking leave after their six months. So yeah. who, whose time are you wasting? Probably both. And um. it was, and I'll share this, um, in, in this vulnerable moment that I was so torn with making that decision. I, I think I almost got alcohol poisoning. Like my boyfriend found me in the apartment, um, after I was basically blacked out. So, um, it was something that was such a tremendous uh, pressure on me to know about security versus taking risk. Oh. And um, from that point onwards, obviously I haven't done anything reckless since then and realized that if I am ever in a position like that again, to not abuse any substance, um, I guess is the best way to put it. And that it's confronting with your fear, it's confronting with um, and talking to yourself and how to react with that and finding healthier ways to go through it. Because no matter what you do, whatever is going to release the dopamine, you know, or, you know, let's say you can escape from it by, for example, an escapism for me is playing games. Um, and sorry. I had to stop that. Oh, what happened? Oh, no, I'm so sorry. No, no. I was not expecting this conversation to come. Oh. So um no i i want to keep hearing your story uh i went through workplace harassment and um, i did too um i also abused substances to get through it and uh not substances well like hard drugs but alcohol and uh thank you for sharing it's important to talk about those things um yeah so and now i don't drink so because of that experience so um yeah. please keep going because it is such an important message yeah. uh and we've all you're just speaking about like the dark like you just brought up yeah like, really so the sorry. In my life which was um before children and yeah um it, it's traumatizing you know, and <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, my boyfriend, he sat me down and he was like, look, we cannot do this again. Like it was, it was, he's like, I would lose you, you know? Um, and if this cannot be under control, then like, I, I can't be a part of this. Um, and that was the wake up call. Um, honestly for me to, okay, I can't just, you know, continue 
stalling around and and I need to make a decision and, and it's just be that's it. And then so um so through that I remember we were in our apartment and um there's this concept called ikigai. Uh ikigai is a Japanese concept for the reason for being. It's your purpose basically. And it looks like two Venn diagrams together, it's four circles. And it might be like, okay, this is like another exercise. It's like another worksheet shit thingy, my bobber. It's it's not about that. The point is, is that it's a mirror, is a reflection of yourself. So like, what do you get paid for? What do you love to do? What what are your skills? What can you give back to the world, kind of thing? Or what do you want to give back to the world, or whatever? And when I sat down, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna talk to myself now. I sat down, locked myself in a room for one hour. In that one hour because I was willing to open up to myself. This isn't gonna work if you're just gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna look at a piece of paper, you know? You have to be willing to confront yourself. And when I was I was going through the bullet points and everything, it's like, yeah, I love Korean variety shows. I love K-pop. I love this kind of stuff. Why don't I ever share this with people and stuff like that? And it was because I had to have a certain image at work. I didn't wanna be seen as um, like this childish person. It was very difficult. Um, so anyways, I, I went through everything and then that's how I actually lived, learn, dream was born. I realized that I, I do want to have fun. I still want to be that kid inside. I wanted to be, and I shouldn't be ashamed with the things I enjoy. Um, I in all of the years of having my high heels on and my um, fancy, you know, rent the runway <laughs> clothes and everything and the specific superior image I needed so I can walk into boardrooms and feel confident which is definitely a thing and that's not something to be, you know, ashamed of or anything, but I, I, I was being confident or I was doing that for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And that is the most important thing. And that's something that people from the outside will never know. And so that's when you feel like you get judged or when you feel like, um, you know, and, but that's something that that's a whole nother issue. But, um, but anyways, I did the Ikigai and I realized I had to real every single question and then as I was processing it in my mind, it was like, wait, is this something I like? Or did someone tell me in the past or they brought me along and said, see, look at this, you know? Um, and I was like, yeah, okay, this is cool. So I really had to go down to even the early years of childhood, even my sisters, my many groups of friends that were cycled throughout the years, um, different locations, <laughs> everything. And I had to really go that deep. And so I wow. had to understand, okay, what are these false layers of truths? And is this really me? Or is this the facade that was created to then was the external version of me that I would say from my mouth that I like this or whatever it is? That was incredibly like difficult. Um, and if you can get to that level of with yourself, You've just opened the Pandora box of a new you. And that is when my transformation journey truly began in personal growth. Mm. So, and when I would explain this stuff to even like um, a therapist or, you know, the doctors or psychiatrists, they're like, how are you even here? <laughs> they're like, ask me, they're like, how are you even here? This is something that people in their fifties and sixties go through. And I guess I just went through a lot of shit. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. in my past that accelerated that, you know? Um, so I, I felt also like hatred almost to the world. Why I even had to do this right now. I'm 31 mm -hmm. years old. I'm not 50. I'm not 60. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm 
married. I don't have kids. Like, why am I going through this? Right. Um, and, and so that though is, I'm a real life example of, you know, of a minority that and from an immigrant family that had to go through a lot of stuff. And this is just, you know, a story, um, that, that I know a lot of people are, are going, are going through, but anyways, through the Ikigai, Live, Learn, Dream was born. And then, you know, I, I, as much as I had that epiphany and I thought, Oh my God, I had my aha moment. I know what I want to do. I didn't know exactly what it was. I just knew the direction now. So now I had like the concept you idea. Do, you want to go. You have an idea yeah. that you didn't want to go, which is just as that's even maybe more difficult because it was the most difficult thing. It's still difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I want to really, if, if there's one thing I would want people to take away from this is that it's still fucking difficult. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter about the CEO title. It doesn't matter about, you know, what you see on Insta and everything. It's still difficult. Um, and it's always going to be difficult. And it's what I'm learning. It's just how we go through it, how we respond to it um, is what makes it different. And so throughout the past two, two and a half years, since the whole Ikigai moment, um, I have gone through waves of depression and anxiety and oh my goodness, everything. It was to the point I had even learned to even be on Instagram to show my personal life. Because I, back when I was um, in corporate, I had to really separate, I separate my life, like even in Sydney, because it didn't matter if I did, because they didn't care. But in America, they do care. They want to like know everything about you. I'm like, I don't want you to know everything about me. Like, can't you just back off? Like I talk to you like all the time. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to talk to you on the weekends. <laughs> but like, I'm an introvert. So like, I just, I need my, you know, times to talk and stuff. So anyways, my energy. Um, but like, uh, so what I'm trying to say is that it was really hard. I went through a lot. Um, I, I had to learn to change my relationship with money, how I saw money, how I dealt with money, how I received money, how I gave money, how making mistakes with money, you know, finding success with money, whatever it may be. Um, and then with, with every other category in personal growth too, you know, like, is this something that I really want? And so last year I really in 2020, I really dabbled across a lot of different areas. And I needed to do that because I had to play. Um, so as a small business owner, it was very much, you know, okay, you want to make money, but it's not that it's I, for me, it was I wanted to be my own boss. But mm -hmm. then so one year passed after that and like dabbling around seeing like what interests me or what I can do forever or for a long time for hours to end. And you need that time to play. And if you feel like you're going to pick one direction, most likely you're going to change it. Just like when you first go into college and you think you're going to go with that one major, you might probably change it, but it's a little bit more realistic in the business sense because you'll know very quickly if this is something that you want to do or not. Um, and when it's under your own turf, so, you know, my own business, I am the boss. I am the one who's directing. And I got really angry at myself when I was doing things that I didn't like. And I I couldn't say no, or I didn't know how to say no, or I didn't know why, why I felt the way I did when I'm finally free, I guess, you know, but I wasn't free from myself. So, and I'm still working on that. Honestly, I'm still, I'm really still working on that. Like, what do I really want to do and what should I be focusing on and stuff like that? And it's really tough. And now I understand too, though, as a small business owner and going into the startup world is that I have time. I have 60 more years to execute. I have a lot of time. Sure, if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, you know, yeah. then so be it. But at least, you know, I'm in an environment I created with my own hands 
to say, okay, this is the playground I want to work in, no matter how hard it is, because I'd rather work in the playground that I have fucked up on, <laughs> rather than yeah. someone of someone else has fucked up for me. And that yeah. was the biggest difference. Wow, thank you. That <laughs> there's so much in that, and it's so um, important uh, to talk about, you know, the journey. And uh, I probably say this quote in every podcast episode, but Mark Manson in his I have it right here um the subtle art of not giving a fuck is yeah. that you and what you just spoke about is he said everything sucks some of the time everything you do is not going to be easy and and not um but at least make it be something you're passionate about something you love some something you want to wake up and do in the morning uh it's not it's yeah it's just that's the reality of the world uh, make sure at least you're doing the thing you love and then you won't mind doing the shitty parts. Right. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, even when doing the shitty parts too, it, I think it's um, so for example, I hate finance. Um, it's like, I just so hate much. it. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, I can do your basic math and subtraction and stuff like that, but like, and I can do scope of works and stuff like that and the budgeting and stuff. But when it comes to running the business, the operation part of it, it's my least favorite thing to do, but it's the most important thing to do. So whether I like it or not, um, I, you know, when you're a small business owner, you're your own, your, your own boss, you're doing a shit ton of things. You're wearing a mil million hats, right? So you can't just like run away from that forever yeah you need to know your numbers you know whether you like it or not and um and honestly that's been the hardest thing for me like i i don't want to look at it you know i just want to like go in my hole and just create and i want to design and i want to you know um just have fun but i think that's for the world of people who are billionaires and millionaires <laughs> who have the different departments right um that can do that for them and so i think the reality check as a small business owner or as a solopreneur entrepreneur whatever you label yourself is you're gonna have to do things that you don't like doing and that's okay but know what your strengths and weaknesses are so that when you are ready and you have enough capital or enough consistency of sales or whatever it is um, that you can outsource and outsource doesn't mean necessarily fiber. And when I mean outsource, I just mean someone who's not you. And, um, you know, but you need to know the basics of it so that when you do review it, you know, you know exactly what went wrong or not. And you can provide that feedback. That's that minimum that you need to know for your weakness um, would be my biggest advice from one entrepreneur to another. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I, my studio manager now does my finances, but like, that's a big step to be like, well, I'm going to let this person into all like that information. Like it's a huge, you know, who can I trust? Who can I, it's hard to find the right, the right people. And, but it's, it's worth it. And it's worth fighting to get there or you'll never grow. Like you'll just mm -hmm. stay where you are and those steps are essential. And I know we had a conversation a few months ago and um, I finally hired someone for like ad copy, like placements or not copy. I still make copy, but the placements, because that is like, that's a whole job, like ad mm -hmm. placement, like that's really, and, and I kind of understood it, but maybe 40% and I was trying mm -hmm. to do it and I was doing it 
kind of wrong. So, and now it's like my site is up like 150%. That's insane from hiring that one person. And when it comes to advertising, like the more you put in, the more, well, if it's working, uh, the more you will receive, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe not right away, but eventually. So those those first steps um, are scary, but and maybe you don't have like the money, but then I guess you just scrimp by or try to get a loan or like make a plan or you're just going to be stuck kind of where you are, I think. Totally. And I think it's the, you know, the delegation part is hard, but then it's not just delegation, it's the risk because you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And so you don't know what the outcome even looks like. You don't even know what you know, can come from it, you know, it can be a complete flop for many different reasons. Um, And I think, you know, even on the corporate side of things with big brands, they bring in consultants and subject matter experts every single freaking day, you know, and that's no different to any other business owner. But I think for solopreneurs um, who who's running the business themselves at this point in time or whatever, like it's very difficult. It's a it's a mental block. It's a struggle. The struggle is real. You know, it's not something to feel like, oh, my God, why can't I do this? Like, that's just like punching yourself, um, which I'm sure we do all the time. But like at the same time, you need to get a hold of that, you know, um, and you need to move on from that. And that decision can only be made with yourself. And like I was saying about before about, you know, the relationship I had changed with myself and finance is that as a like by myself, like it's okay to make mistakes. And you might feel like, fuck, I just like spent thousands of dollars on this and it didn't come out the way I wanted to. There could be many different re- reasons why it didn't come out to the way that you want. Maybe it wasn't finding the right person. Maybe the brief wasn't right. Maybe it was a communication, the expectations. All- and honestly, from a global level too, with uh, global corporations and agencies, that same fuck up happens all the time with millions of dollars. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we're on a different scale. It just feels a little bit more personal because we're so attached to the money because we see see it in our bank accounts. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you're in corporate, you don't see it. There's many walls in between. So it's just something that now that all the walls have fallen because you're in charge of everything, um, it's a lot to handle. So it's hard, you know, and it's just something to know that you're not alone um, and to find communities like this one to be able to talk about it, um, have a free, you know, open space to be able to allow yourself to talk about it and not be embarrassed about it and realizing that help is actually right around the corner more than you really know. It's just more about where to ask for help. Um, and then when you receive that help, just know that it's advice that's on the table and you can take it or leave it, you know? So here are all the things, but it's on you to take it or leave it. You don't have to take every single thing. Um, And that's the life advice that I have stuck by for many, many years is that you listen to all the solutions, you listen to all the possibilities, um, be respectful, but you know, it's on you to make that decision. You are the decision maker. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so powerful. And it's so great. Um, And I think we're um, coming to a time where um, female business owners and female entrepreneurs are actually uh, leaning on one another uh, so much. And it's um, rising above competition. Yeah. But there is enough. There is enough out there for everyone. And I don't know where that came from. 
but I know it happened for many years that women were competing against one another. And I really love the shift. And I don't know if yeah. you feel that, but I have felt a major shift in, in the in the world. Um, I, I feel it more, too. Yeah, I feel the more, I feel we, it too. the more we reach out to one another and ask for help, that's when, you know, amazing, statistically changing the world and it happens right so i'm i'm really proud that you're you're really uh, putting yourself out there and you're open to the abundance mindset and um i met you because of that i met you um through cat who has mm -hmm. a great um, she has the art queens and so many other things we would have to start another podcast to list what <laughs> she's doing <laughs> She's an amazing superwoman. Yeah. She does all yeah. the things <laughs> to serve. And she's so kind and generous about it. But, um, yes. and I think she sets a great example and uh, has connected so many of us. And I'm really grateful. So, yeah, thank you for being here. Um, where can everyone find you and reach out? And also, you have a beautiful community too. So, <laughs> just let everyone know uh, where they where they can. Uh, yeah, find you. I said that, but I'll yes. say it again. <laughs> first of all, thank you for having me here. I really had a fun time here and um, being able to catch up with you, Brandy. And, you know, everyone can find me on Instagram at Live, Learn, Dream. Um, you can go into the membership for one free one month free trial at LiveLearnDream.com. Um, we will be putting a lot more content in there. So that's something to really look out for. Um, but yeah, Check out at Live, Learn, Dream to see what those content's going to look like as we relaunch. And I really hope to see you around and just connect. I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, it's not about like, I think, you know, putting where you want your money to be um, received is really important. So, you know, for me, I've been extra conscious, I think the past two years for, you know, where my money is going, you know, even locally and stuff like that with food, going to the farmer's market and everything. So, you know, I think as support is, is, isn't, is priceless. Um, and it's support can just mean even just, you know, you know, commenting or, you know, sharing or, you know, creating that community. And then, like we said from the beginning of this podcast, if you need something down the road, you know, then you know who to call. So you can find me at, at Live, Learn, Dream, and we do marketing. So, yeah. And show it oh, website designs. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so amazing. And thank you for being so raw and open. Um, obviously, that surprised me. And um, I really appreciate it, though. Yeah. And so, so lovely to see you again. Thank you.